guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about the left's hatred for you and also me and pretty much everyone who's not one of them. And now I know there are actually quite a few left-wing people who do watch this show and whom I appreciate very much and they're probably thinking to themselves, hang on a second, Lauren, I don't hate you and I don't hate your audience. Heck, I don't hate anyone. And I get that. I really do. And I'm certainly not saying that every single person on the left hates every single person on the right because I know that's not true. However, I think it is fair to say that as a whole, as a movement right now, the left in general does have a strong disdain for anyone who disagrees with them. And actually, if you are a lefty who watches my show and who doesn't mind hearing opposing opinions, then you know, these people, they'd probably hate you too. Time and time again lately, we've seen progressives advocating for breaking up with conservatives or Republicans or Trump supporters just because they are conservatives or Republicans or Trump supporters. And never mind just ditching boyfriends and or girlfriends, we've actually seen people straight up advocate for cutting family members out of your life because they disagree with you. This type of rabid animosity among the woke crowd for literally anyone who doesn't exactly toe the party line is something that we've seen people like Tim Pool, Ariel Scarcella, and Bridget Phetasy, to name a few you talk quite a bit about on their platforms, especially coming from the left themselves. And this has been going on for years and years, by the way, this is nothing new, but it just so happens that this weekend, I feel like things came to a head in several different places. And so in this episode, I have some examples really of the left's seething hatred for you that I wanted to go through. First though, I wanna give a super duper quick shout out to our lovely network, The Blaze, as a year 2020 has been nuts and it's only getting crazier, especially as we lead up to the election. But we are here to keep you updated on the chaos. And now Pseudo Intellectual and Blaze TV are more available than ever. Subscribe and hit the notification bell on YouTube. Check out our podcast on iTunes and watch Pluto TV's 24 hour limited live stream on channel 238 or become a member at Blaze TV and get access to the entire Blaze TV catalog, exclusive content and watch whenever you want on demand. It is a great way to not only get amazing shows, but also help us keep the lights on over here. So this past weekend was the Women's March, and you may be thinking, hang on a second, isn't the Women's March in January? We're October now. I mean, are, are women really this bad with time and the day that they're just off by months? And uh, it turns out, no. Apparently, now women's marches happen anytime feminists are mad, so we should expect to see quite a few of them. And this particular Women's March seemed to be motivated by the impending confirmation of base trad supermom Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. And hypocritical disregard for social distancing measures aside, like all women's marches, this women's march was rife with cringy signage. One woman was seen holding a sign saying, women belong in all places where decisions are made. I guess not sensing any irony that she was actually there protesting the appointment of a female Supreme Court justice. Next, we also had a trio of women with signs saying equality, justice, empathy, science, and I march for LGBTQ plus rights. What exactly is a woman? 
Ladies, how many genders are there? When exactly does life begin? I, I would just love to hear more about how much you supposedly support science. As it so happens, though, the most important sign at the Women's March turned out to be a pro-Trump sign. A pro-Trump sign held by a Turning Point USA supporter who ended up getting assaulted. On Saturday, images showing Isabella DeLuca, a Trump supporter, holding a Trump flag at the Women's March, and later in what looks like a hospital with bruises on her face and wearing a neck brace, started circulating on social media. And before anyone can say otherwise, no, it wasn't boogeyman misogynists who took it upon themselves to assault this young woman expressing her First Amendment rights. It was, of course, Feminists. As the RF Angle writes, Isabella was attending the Women's March in Washington, D.C. today to show support for Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett. DeLuca was toting a Trump 2020 flag to not only show support for Judge Barrett, but also for President Trump's re-election bid. DeLuca was approached and assaulted while attending the rally by a woman she described as a geriatric older female, according to the National File. The first woman was a white older woman. She had glasses on, a glittery bedazzled Black Lives Matter shirt, DeLuca told National File. She looked like she could have been my grandma, honestly. Black Lives Matter protesters grabbed Aluka's Trump flag and she was punched in the face when attempting to retrieve it. This caused other members of the Women's March to join in hitting, pushing, and punching DeLuca. DeLuca was hospitalized and given a cervical collar due to the extent of the injuries. According to the national file, she had extensive head and neck injuries, had her lips bloodied, and is also enduring blurry vision and dizziness. Wow, a woman assaulted? At the Women's March? Surely, surely the left must have gone out of their way to condemn this blatant attack on women's political participation. Right? No, f*** her, she likes Trump. Regarding the conflicting reports of what actually happened here and the whole she said, she said situation, sadly, none of the footage I've been able to find online clearly shows the altercation. We really can't see who started getting violent here, but what we can tell is that there was a lone Trump supporter in a sea of progressives. And if you ask me, you'd have to be pretty stupid as the lone Trump supporter to be the one escalating things in that situation, knowing you are fully outnumbered. And that whole bit about there being a pro-life counter-protest nearby, but DeLuca, you know, she just, she just had to choose to stand in the middle of the Women's March protest with her darn Trump flag, you know, almost as if she were asking for it. There's literally no sympathy here for DeLuca, and it really just goes to show that in progressives' minds, literally the only thing that a conservative needs to do to provoke them is be conservative. And that same woman, Mariah, who was at the march and gave her account of that incident on video, she also wrote on Twitter, OMG, so brutal, really. Her running at an elder woman and getting her crapped rocked for raising her hand to hit her was really so brutal. Life-threatening to come to a woman's protest preaching Trump. So crazy, she sat and chalked crap for a solid 20 plus minutes after her brutal attack. Wait a second, is this woman who I'm guessing calls herself a feminist really trying to argue that Isabella's assault wasn't that brutal because what? Because she wasn't hospitalized immediately? Because she was still able to speak afterwards? Like, what is the argument here? And by the way, Isabella has since shared updated footage of how her injuries are healing and it still looks pretty bad.
And regarding allegations like Mariah's that she tried to hit someone, Isabella says that, quote, the fact that I even have to come on here and defend myself to a bunch of disgusting leftists is sad. I didn't charge at a woman. She stole my flag and I put my hand up to retrieve it from the ground so I didn't get kicked while I was down on the ground. I've said it before and I'll say it again, the Women's March is not about women. Feminism is not about women. If you're a woman, but you have the wrong opinion, these people will defend you getting punched in the face because they don't give a damn about you. And I hate to say it, but this incident wasn't the only time a political protest turned violent this weekend. In California, a black man was also punched in the face and had his teeth knocked out. Let me see if I, if I get this right. In order to fight against white supremacy? After Twitter and Facebook took unprecedented, censorious steps last week to stop the spread of the Hunter Biden email story, a free speech rally was organized in San Francisco. And as we all know by now, Antifa hates them some free speech. The man you just saw getting sucker punched in the face is named Philip Anderson, and that bleeping throughout the video, yeah, we had to censor that, but that's his attacker calling him the N-word. Way to stand up against fascism, man. We're not gonna show you photos of it because it's quite, quite graphic, but as a result of that punch, Philip actually did end up losing his front teeth, and some people have theorized that his attacker may have been wearing something like brass knuckles when he hit Philip. And before we discuss how that video and the attack on Philip was received by the internet, I wanna tell you all about our sponsor, Laurel Springs. So this year, back to school is leaving a lot of parents wondering, how do we do this? And a lot of you may already have experience now with homeschooling, but perhaps you feel like you need some help through it. Well, if distance learning is anything like it was last year, you know you need a proven solution, and that is Laurel Springs. With nearly 30 years of experience in distance education, Laurel Springs is an expert in online learning. From kindergarten through 12th grade and beyond, Laurel Springs' student-centered experience is a framework for each learner's path and pace. In addition, Laurel Springs offers specialized programs for academically driven students desiring advanced and accelerated instruction through its academy at Laurel Springs, as well as postgraduate courses for those seeking an enriching gap year experience. And since Laurel Springs is fully accredited, their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. So take control of your child's education. Enroll two-day at laurelsprings.com slash lauren and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com slash lauren for a waived registration fee. Again, laurelsprings.com slash lauren. We always speak so highly of homeschooling on this show, so it's amazing having a sponsor like Laurel Springs that's helping to make things like homeschooling and independent study a reality for so many parents out there. Now, what's important to remember about the Philip Anderson case is that he was attacked at a free speech rally, a protest meant to be in opposition to big tech censorship. So the fact that Antifa was even there at all counter-protesting is really, I think, indicative of their beliefs. If you go to a protest and you assault someone who is lobbying for free speech because they disagree with you politically, you're not fighting fascism. That, that is... That's fascism. And like with the Women's March case, if you were hoping that the leftists online would be any more tolerant or open-minded or willing to hear out other opinions than their in-person comrades, you'd be disappointed. As one blue checkmark on Twitter wrote in response to someone condemning punching people, punching most people agree. Punching Nazis, 
hard disagree. People like myself have been saying for years that the problem with saying it's okay to punch a Nazi is that to these people, literally everyone who is not a far left activist is a Nazi. As was evidence when this blue check user also wrote, his name is Philip Anderson and he organizes rallies for neo-Nazi scum. I'm not familiar with Philip Anderson, but I have seen people online asserting that he's connected to groups like the Proud Boys and Patriot Prayer. And keep in mind, that's just what I've seen on social media, so I'm not even sure if that's true. But if it is, Patriot Prayer and the Proud Boys are not neo-Nazis. And by the way, there's no use trying to clarify what Patriot Prayer and the Proud Boys actually believe because in these progressives' warped minds, things like Western civilization or Christianity or heck, even just being a conservative in general, that is in and of itself akin to being a neo-Nazi. They don't care, it's all the same to them. They do not make these distinctions. If you're a Trump supporter, basically these people would be happy to punch you in the face. For example, in response response to news of Philip Anderson's attack, user Chad Loader proudly wrote, A warm Bay Area welcome for Philip Anderson, the fascist sympathizer who's been seen with the Proud Boys at rallies in Washington and elsewhere. I am all for open dialogue and building bridges, and I genuinely believe that that can still happen with some people on the left, because not everyone on the left, thankfully, is like these people. But a growing number of them are, and I just, I don't know how you can be reconciliatory with people who are advocating punching you in the face. And finally, in yet another example of just how much the left hates you and me, although this one is less serious, this weekend Chris Pratt also came under fire for, I don't know, I think he goes to church. Pretty sure he, he like wore a Gadsden flag shirt once. As far as I can tell, this all started on Twitter when a user posted an image of four actors named Chris. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, and Chris Evans with a caption, one has to go. A lot of people then took this as an excuse to dump all over Chris Pratt with user Rob Gill writing 100% Chris Pratt. He's a far right religious maggot. If your ideology is somehow telling you that Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth are in any way superior to Chris Pratt? I, I don't, this is demagoguery. And the ironic thing about all this is that Chris Pratt may not even be a Trump supporter. I mean, sure, as some people have pointed out, he does follow people like Ben Shapiro, Nikki Haley, and Dan Crenshaw on Twitter, but he's also made donations to Obama and Tulsi Gabbard in the past. It's totally possible that Chris Pratt is just a Democrat who likes to hear different political opinions, but even that, I think, to these progressives is bad enough. I mean, how dare he want to to see Ben Shapiro's tweets on his feed. And to really prove just how open and loving and tolerant they are, the left has also taken extreme issue with Chris Pratt's Christianity. In response to one of Chris Pratt's social media bios, which reads, Philippians 413, I love Jesus, my wife and family, Seahawks fanatic, MMA junkie, one person amassed thousands of likes by tweeting that Chris Pratt's bio radiates homophobic white Christian supremacist energy. And including a screenshot of Chris Chris Pratt's social media announcement that his daughter had been born, which included some Bible verses, one user wrote that Pratt, quote, literally speaks as though he is a commander in Gilead. And for those of you who don't know, Gilead is the name of the country in The Handmaid's Tale. And yes, these people really need to read a new book or rather watch a new series because I, 
I doubt they've actually read the book. If you support Trump, these people hate you. If you're conservative, these people hate you. If you're for free speech, these people hate you. If you're Christian, these people hate you. I don't really know what else there is to say to that. And I really don't know what the answer is here. How do you convince these people who are so clearly full of hate that the people they're demonizing aren't as bad as they think they are, especially when these people are also living in echo chambers. Honestly, I want to know the answer. If you know what to do, please fill the rest of us in. But that's it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.